And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to Jake Guys and Jedi. I'm Hope, and Chris is not with me again this week because we are bringing you the second Star Wars panel that I did at 221BeatCon here in Atlanta, Georgia, year 2022. And this other panel that I was on was the From the End of the Skywalker Saga to Disney+. And it was a look at the current state of affairs in Star Wars. And essentially it was a discussion of, like, Star Wars under the Disney era. That's kind of how we framed the whole thing. And it was a lot of fun, because we talked about, like, the Skywalker legacy. And we also talked about, like, the shows and upcoming shows. And, like, what we think about, like, what Disney has been doing well. What they could work on. And, yeah, it was a really fun panel. Um, if I sound tired, I am. <laughs> I'm still tired. Um, but yeah, it was, on the panel with me was, uh, Cheryl, and she was super nice, she was an OG fan, like Chris, and also with me again was Arzu, my fellow Geeky Waffle, who is a writer for the Geeky Waffle, and the host of Space Waffles, and so, it was a really fun panel, I really enjoyed it, um, and I hope you enjoy it too, and it was like, the last panel of the day, <laughs> so the last panel on the last day, so we were all kind of tired, but we had a good time, and the audience was, like, super sweet, so I hope you guys enjoy this panel, and we will be back next week with more Bad Batch. Bye! Does anybody here not have a ribbon that says, like, Love and Sherlock Holmes? Who wants I have one. I have one. I think most people have one, but this point, but I want to have four left. Oh! So I'm like, you're saying they're collector Yeah. <laughs> you can also put them on bridge with the other tags and ribbons. I probably only want to table it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I figure we could talk about shortly, just kind of like looking back on the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And then shift to like what's going on with Disney Plus and like how we feel about that. And because so much is like we have Mando and Boba, and of course the animated shows. And then there's so much more coming. Uh, Kenobi's about to start, which I don't know. I'm the new, I'm the like normal on this panel. I should check out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta. 
always think that when you're um, when you're going back and editing this podcast, you need to isolate that audio of you saying, "What was it? I need my Grande boyfriend to wrong me right now." Or what? <laughs> Start. <laughs> well, the fun thing about I'm not editing this one, so this ah. Chris will be doing this one. So Chris, you now have a request. And so it will be done. It's kind of just been bombarded with new content, so that's why I'm here. I should throw that out there. Um, I am a people's kid. My very first Star Wars movie was a fanness, so I'm uh, unapologetic. <laughs> that's great. But my instrument to the fandom was Clone Wars. Like, animation is what snagged me. That made me a Star Wars fan. And I also write Star Wars fan fiction, and I'm currently in the higher public self. So, yeah. Ooh. And I am Arzu, I am the host of the Space Waffles podcast, and a writer and managing editor of TheEWaffle.com. And just to set myself apart slightly, although I am here on Trinkles Kid, I am a two-thirds of the sequel trilogy fan. I should also say with Arzu too, she has her own site called Arzu D2, where she's currently doing a series of reviewing Kenobi books. Yes, the year of Kenobi, so I'm going through the um, the Jedi Apprentice series, because I emphatically told someone Jedi Academy was doing Yes, I'm currently going through those. I have the first four up right now. And that's on arzud2.com. So, yes. If I'm dumb and I don't know how to spell Arzu, how do I spell it? A R E Z O U. My Canadian oh, jumped out. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I think starting with the Skywalker saga because, of course, ended um, under the Disney era and everything. So, I'm going to give an OG fan. Like, what do you think about the legacy of the Skywalker saga to you, from, starting from movie one to movie nine? I, you know, it's great. I am one of those. 
there's a very popular Star Wars meme, which is a picture of, I can't remember the person in the meme, but it's someone who's very peaceful, and it says, this is me at peace liking all Star Wars content. <laughs> so I'm one of those original trilogy fans. I just, more Star Wars is good Star Wars. So, you know, it's kind of me. But I really like it. Um, one of my uh, good friends who's also a Star Wars cosplayer is also a prequel, started in the prequels a little younger than me. And I love it because every time we get good content, a new generation kind of picks up the torch and becomes Star Wars fans. Like it didn't end with my generation as kids watching the original trilogy. And then it became prequels. And now we're gonna have a new set of kids starting with the Disney, like Mando, being probably drawn into it from these shows. And I'm just like, this is fantastic. Give me all the stuff. I, a friend of mine, um, his son's first Star Wars is Star Wars Resistance in animation. Oh, cool! Which yeah. is like the last sheep of the TV show. I actually haven't even seen that one. That's the one I haven't seen yet. I love it. I will say it is a visual. Look at it like a novel. It's not changing canon. It's a character study of everyday citizens with fascism and based during But it is set for a slightly younger audience, so it's not everybody's jam. But I'm okay with like when people are like losing their rights and being locked away in shipping containers to be off in prison camps because they're aliens. I'm okay if the main character is slapsticking down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, great. Uh, but it is not for everybody. Um, so as an OG fan, like how do you feel about uh, how the series went on, like from original trilogy to prequels? Um, you know, I didn't love all of every. I. I don't dislike any of the movies strongly. Like, I'm not one of these folks that are like, you know, the gatekeeper fans. They're like, oh, it's not the real Star Wars, and you ruined Star Wars for me. I'm not, I never felt that. But um, there's definitely directions. I was gutted, you know, with some of the directions they took Luke Skywalker that, like, personally, you know, and when, when I was introduced to Luke Skywalker, you know, in the, in the original trilogy, I'm like, this is great. He's going to retire from the war and go rebuild the Jedi, and he's going to leave a nice little peaceful monk life doing space magic. And then we get to the last trilogy, the last three sets of movies, and I'm like, no, that can't be what happened to him. No. It's funny because Chopper Luke's my favorite Luke. Because oh. I, I always found OG Luke kind of boring. Because he was just, you know, your standard good boy protagonist. Yep. And I always find protagonists just kind of boring. They they fit an archetype, they do their role. And I never enjoyed that, just personally. But when I got Trauma Luke in The Last Jedi, as like, oh my god, he's a great character, he had layers, there's a story, and that was the first time I ever loved Luke Skywalker. I think that making Luke like that was a trauma loop, as you call it, was such an effective storytelling tool because we, like, as an audience, are the galaxy, so we have the perception of Luke being what he was, and then to find out that that's not what happened, he did live to be a hero. Yeah. Is gutting, and I'm like, it's supposed to be, yeah, because the hero has fallen, and like heroes don't fall, but humans do. So I think like it was, it really put us in the story in that way of like experiencing it the way people think the story would have. Because if we had seen just somebody they had told us used to be great and isn't great anymore, we've never met them. It doesn't hit the same. Yeah, yeah, and it was definitely like I think for us. It's one of those things with like I understood I understood what they were doing. Like I understand a story writing, you know, a, a tale telling arc, what they were trying to do, especially since generally our second episodes of, of Star Wars, the trilogies is when the darker. Yeah, the crap hits the fan, right? And um so I understood what they were trying to do, and he did have a redemption 
but I still, it, it hurts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, this hurts maybe a little too much. I, I think the best stories make you feel things, and sometimes it's negative things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I only accept it as like, you know, this is just poorly written. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, all feelings are positive feelings. That's yeah, true, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for you, Arjun, like, uh, what are some of your thoughts like, looking back on the Skywalker saga? I love all eight movies of the Skywalker saga. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, looking back on it, I think it's cohesive narrative up to a point. And then I say this a lot, but in this, you know, last bit turned it to control C, control V. Of like, look, I turned in my homework late and I copied somebody else's assignment, but I have hope that things will get corrected down the line. That like uh, something that was supposed to be a fairy tale and then whatever does not end in like you can, you can say your side about Ben Solo. It's not just Ben Solo. It's okay. not just Ben Solo. <laughs> you can say your side about No, like, that's one thing. Like, even when I'm not fine. But I, like, I say this a lot. Ray was, like, it for me going into these movies. She was my favorite. She was the one I talked about. She's the one I learned to sew for, like, to cosplay. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what if, instead of your own journey, we make you a vessel for good versus evil? And they're like, you're not actually special, you're a Palpatine. And like, no, no, actually, you're a Skywalker because you named yourself after that college professor and you're like, all that much. Like, <laughs> like, that's what it is. So I'm like, okay, so she's nothing but something for people to project themselves onto. She's not her own person anymore. Mm -hmm. And that hurts so much more, like, deeply than Ben Solo does because we've seen people come back from the dead all the time. All he's got to do is, like, somehow Ben Solo return and he's done. All the right. Right. Mom, back as Spider-Man. And, and, and lived another 20 years. Like death is not final in Star Wars. But ruining someone's legacy, unless episode 10 kicks off with her sitting on the Millennium Falcon right after so they like, whoa, that was weird. Like that's never getting on that. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah. Um, I had never thought about it that way, and you're right, that that is um intensely um unsatisfying. Especially, I think, if you take into account um, Anakin's, a lot of Anakin's story, yes, he does make his own choices, I'm not, uh, but a lot of Anakin's story is being used by other people, mm -hmm. being um, essentially a vessel for their wants and needs, whether it's using the force for good or for evil, and it would have been nice to have, and even like Luke spends a lot, you know, um, spends a lot of time doing what he's supposed to do. Yes, he does defy Yoda um, and go to Bespin. Yeah, that's the best plan. Um, uh, but um, you know, he does. Um, he's still that. Uh, he's still the hero of the story. He has to do the hero things. Um, and so, yeah, it would have been nice if Ray could have um, subverted that cycle. And, like, the thing is, is that I recently read the novelization of the Rise of Skywalker for my blog, and the way Ray Carson tries to fix it, like, bless her heart, oh my god, does she try. So there are a lot of threads in there where Ray's conflict is not, oh my god, I'm a Palpatine, it's, oh my god, I'm losing myself to darkness as a concept. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is fascinating, that the thing pulling your strings is not Chief Palpatine, it's the very concept of giving into your own darkness. And I'm like, that, as a character arc, would have plays off very naturally off of The Last Jedi, because it's like, you're the last Jedi, you're the last of the resistance, it's all on you, feral desert child, who's <laughs> been living among other people for one calendar year. But like, 
They then instead turned to other people pulling her strings, and her by the end with this empty smile being happy with the fact that her strings were full. And it doesn't, like it's instrument and it's external. Like you can see the director and the writer kind of using her as a way to be like, no, actually, Luke Skywalker is a blah blah blah. Like that's nice, that's not Luke's story. Like I always think of McDonald's did this line of like Star Wars toys. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at them, like little ships with giant heads on them. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> I'm like, oh, sweet, there's a thousand in my house. I wonder where the ray one is. And I'm like, so I think they can make a ray one. Mm. And then I realized they did. It's just ray in red five wearing this white helmet. And I'm like, if that's not emblematic of everything that happened to ray, I don't know what is. It's just like three by three plastic toy. Do you, do you think it tarnishes the Skywalker saga? Yes. It does. All of it does because Vader throwing Palpatine down an exhaust shaft doesn't take. He's going to come back with a very personal makeup. Han and Leia embracing on Endor, looking forward to the next, to the rest of their lives. Yeah, it's bittersweet because Han does die, but you know, they're looking forward to like, what kind of life are we going to have? The kids we're going to have. And then, well, Ben's going to die before he's Han's age the first time we met him, like before he turns 30. And like when they spend this whole time on your family together again, you know going in that that's never gonna happen. It's not it shouldn't be that kind of story. And that's how I felt about Luke too. I mean, I know man paying Luke is is is, is fun <laughs> in this grave, but it's the same kind of thing. It's like the, the happily ever after kind of ending I thought I had as in, in the original trilogy. That never really happened. And it's yeah. like, it takes my brain a while to cycle to try to accept that there's a new storyline. Yeah. Something I feel about um I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the hottest hot take here, right? <laughs> the movies are my least favorite part of Star Wars. That's fair. Yeah. I'm trying to Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One is first. Oh, I love Rogue One too. It's my favorite. But I, I think what's interesting is what was I talking about that? What did I do? My big dumb mouth. You don't like movies as much as everyone. Oh yeah, and I think some of it is that's what makes Star Wars interesting to me is we can all have like I know people who love trust. Like unapologetically love Tross. And then so much of it is this franchise is so big, we get different things out of it. It's not just movies, it's also TV, it's TV shows now, which we're, we're gonna definitely talk about mm -hmm. Mando, Boba, and some of the upcoming stuff that's coming along. But like it's also books, it's comics. I have people I, I know friends who don't watch any of the things, they just read books. That's their part. They get the best Star Wars out of books and comics. They don't get it what cares. Yeah. <laughs> I care about one character. Who? Marty. Marty. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then there's also, like, that's a good example. There's also Legends fans as well. So I, I think that's what's so fascinating because I've heard people talk about why they love Tross. Do I agree? No, I, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I like parts of Tross, but as a movie, the whole is not my favorite. That's why I say, I usually say two thirds of the Skywalker saga because the bits of Tross I like rounded up to an even set. Yeah, it's not my favorite. I mean, it's not my favorite either. You know, I really missed that we never got to see. I was so excited when we got to see, like, um, I really wanted to see what happened with Finn, and I really wanted to see what happened to these other you know, side characters, and they were just like, yeah. nothing. And I, and I kind of hope that we get to see maybe later, maybe, we get to see what happens to those characters. And that's kind of where I was going with this, because I think it's really interesting under the Disney era versus what we had before. So everything three episodes happened. Uh, it did feel kind of like Jordan's wild baby. Because I, I'm a prequels kid. Mm -hmm. I love the prequels. Um, but when I say I love the prequels, I love Clone Wars. I love Clone Wars. Like, that's my, that's my jam. 
And I feel like so much of that is the how it expanded the world. We had never seen the Jedi in the original trilogy. We only saw Obi-Wan and So it expanded the world and the lore and the planets and Coruscant is my favorite planet. I, there's so much there. I love that place. It's the reason that the majority of my fan fiction is on Coruscant and it's more universal. But like I I understand. Where am I going with this? I'm rambling now. <laughs> um, oh, so I, I think it's actually almost a luxury that Star Wars is so big now that we can dislike parts of it and still love the Star Wars. Um, and I think because I, I always think about when I was in the Once Upon a Time fandom, and I, I told the story on my podcast before. I love Once Upon a Time, and we've got a comic book. And we all lost our goddamn lives because we're like, we get more content. And it's such a luxury with something like Star Wars where it's like, you don't like Coco Bell with that? Cool, come back with me. You don't like what's going on in the movies? You have these TV shows. You just want to read books? Cool. The audio books? Cool. The audio drama? You have audio drama. Yeah, <laughs> so I do think that's a luxury to where this 40 year old franchise, even if you don't like how the story ended, the Skywalker saga survives because there's so much other things. Is this my favorite character? If you're like me and you like this at the problem, that's my girl. Yeah, it's going to keep living, not just because of the Skywalkers. And I think that's what I'm interested in going forward. And we've been seeing with the success of Mando um, and going in with these other shows like you know, it's coming out. And of course, like the Acolytes coming out like in a few years, too. We are now, Star Wars is now bigger than just the Skywalker. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. I just hope they maintain the energy because one thing you mentioned earlier with the Boba Fett that just came out is I, that's funny. I was going to talk about corporate. So I remind you when you're done to talk about corporate. Okay, that's what I was going to do. So like with the Boba Fett, like we're like, okay, this is beyond the Skywalkers. Like they're there, and that's cool. So I was super excited to watch the Boba Fett. I don't think you see it. I have a Fennec shirt on. Oh yeah, absolutely, it's my little Fennec. And I'm like, yes, six episodes of a girl, kick an ass on tattoo, let's go. And you were gone for two full episodes to talk about Luke in Skywalker. And I'm just like, you had your movies. You made a, you had a purpose in your movies. And I understand where Luke fits in Mandalorian, because he serves Grogu's story, but that was not this story. And I think that kind of goes into your corporate thing of like, well, he trends on Twitter. So put him in the Book of Boba Fett. And then that pulls away from the people that the Book of Boba Fett is supposed to be about. And that, that's about what I talk about. Though I will say, this is how I fix Boba Fett in my brain. Um, it's Mando 2.5. I treat, treat it all like Game of Thrones. Because uh, you have some seasons of Game of Thrones where you barely see Jon Snow. But it's not supposed to be Game of Thrones. like saying, no, it's all Jon Snow. And it's like, so what's Cersei up to? And it's like, I don't care because I'm watching the Book of Jon Snow. And yeah, that, that is better telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, what it is is that they said that Book of Boba Fett, and when I say they, you know, it's about Fever and Bloom, is that it was going to be Mando 2.5, it does connect to the Ahsoka show, the canceled Cardoon show is a tie-in show, and it was all going to lead to this big climax, more than likely for all. Um, so I, so like, this is where like, the corporation stuff comes in, like, I just watched one of these TV shows, it's all Game of Thrones. They're all the same universe, they're all the same characters, so it's cool if, like, Mando and, and Luke show up in Boba's story, because Boba showed up in their story. <laughs> and it's all the same universe, and that really fixes a lot of it for me. 
does is should they call it the book, 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 book of Boba Fett? No, they yeah. should just call it the Mandalorian or something like that. Um, but a lot of it, I think that's really interesting with the Disney era is, and, and especially with the sequel movies, there's definitely a corporate feel. And I get, and that's where I was rambling to when I got off on course on it, how much I love him. Like, so much of the prequels in Clone Wars feel like George. It's his crazy, bonkers, like, like, George Jar is one of George's favorite characters. He loves that character. And I can't, I saw Jar Jar Binks when I was like seven. I loved him. Yeah. I, I grew up loving Jar Jar. And even at that doll, I'm just like, you know what? He's mine. You guys can hate him. And as, a, as an original trilogy, it's funny because when I first started, I didn't hate Jar Jar the first time I read him. I saw Jar Jar and I'm like, oh, that's for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want the kids to like Star Wars. He was my C3PO. That's cool, man. You know, let, let the kids have a little funny character, the cute little droids. That's cool. And it was only until later when the, you know, the fandom. Oh, really, you. really? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, then people start about like, we don't go to this, but the problematic source of some of the characters. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay. But it, the, my very first reaction to Jar Jar was not this little thing that a lot of people have. I'm like, that's the fun for the kids. No, I have kid, and I, I love Jar Jar. But I, I do think it's interesting under the Disney era now that there is very much a, as you call it, the control Z paste feel to it, where I think they learned their lesson with how Solo underperformed and how like they had their little big mouse Mickey fingers in all the pies, because I would love to see a Lord and Miller Star Wars, which is what Solo was originally. And when, if you don't know who Lord, uh, Bill Lord and Miller are, they did Lego Movie, they did Into the Spider-Verse, and they got fired from Solo. I wanted to see that movie. It was um, probably slightly too different than after what happened with The Last Jedi. They're like, no, control me forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but now we're having a backlash of control me, and, and especially now that we don't say Gabriel, that's happening and buying out, like, you know, Finn Power probably had got big mouse. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting going forward in the Disney era to see like how much they kind of go in with more plans and also become more open to other progressive things because fans aren't letting them get away with that anymore. So I just think the big the big key really because it seems like the big push in all the books it doesn't sound like a separate animal in with like visual media. Is the next step for them is to then not be afraid to move beyond Dave Filoni and John Favreau's Lucas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, Dave Filoni will walk in and start talking about George Lucas, and John Favreau's like, look at my action figure, and that's the energy they bring in to everything they touch. And I'm like, you guys do certain things very well. You don't do much else well, and you also don't have a broader perspective for, like, women or queer people or people of color. Like, you have none of that. And so all of it kind of turns into us gleaning these things where we can, like the conversation we had on the panel yesterday about being transplanted. Like, I don't think there's anybody in that senior leadership that knows or cares enough to make that a thing. So people who saw that took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Was there not here yesterday for transplant? I was not actually. Yeah. Okay, so, so uh, oh, you were saying Yeah, that. so uh, you know in the book of Boba Fett, have you seen the book of Boba Fett? So you know in regards to what the beautiful gorgeous Desmond Bell brought um, she had that green Twilight man that works for her, and he sure was who's gorgeous, and we all love him. He has ear cones. And when Twilights are assigned female birth, um, they have ear cones, and Twilights that are assigned male birth have human ears. And because we have this other media that it kind of started in Mando, but also mostly in the book Roman, uh, where there are 
trans pilots in the book that are on hormone replacement therapy, therapy. A lot of us gays are like, oh my god, he has ear cones, he's a sensory male at birth, he's a trans pilot. I, I know what a stickler in the story group is for stuff like that. I think it might have been a little push to be like, this is sort of a thing, especially because we have these pilots in this other media in the book that is established in our culture that they have transgender people. She doesn't believe it. <laughs> I don't think anybody, I think some people have like, look, cones. Cones look fun, and then they put it on a guy. That's what I think happened, because I don't think there's anybody in senior human leadership who cares enough, and I also don't think there's anybody who, like, there aren't many who feel that they can tell John and Dave what to do. That's why I feel like the reckoning has been coming in, though, with the adults I gave all, because we do know that there are people in Lucasfilm and in Disney and in Pixar who give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. They've been yeah. very vocal about that the last couple of months because they really do give a fuck. <laughs> and um, I, I think that it's the people, the, the big, big waves who are controlling this because they're not used to thinking outside their bubbles. And that's where I, I think it will be interesting going forward in a Disney era of Star Wars to see where this goes. But would it be delicious if there was somebody like in the costuming group or prosthetics group that did it, knowing full well what they were oh, doing, yeah. but didn't like, you know, make an announcement. It's like, hey, that's I'm gonna put this Easter egg in here. That's what Gary's super duper fun. Yeah. Um, if there was any intention behind it, I'm just possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I like um, I follow I, I find it very interesting following like smaller creators under the Disney umbrella. So I follow people like Dana Terrace who does Owl House, Al Church who does Gravity Falls. Matt Braley, who does Amphibia. When you're following people who are not Favreau and Filoni, it's really easy to see Disney bullshit because they're very vocal about Disney's bullshit. Um, Sam King, who was a director and writer for DuckTales, the DuckTales reboot, was very vocal about one of her characters was written as a lesbian, and Disney will not let her call Penny a lesbian. She had to say that she was not into Earthmen because Penny was from the moon. But, and Sam King was like, that was me saying that she's a lesbian, they would have used the word lesbian. And so I, I, that's why I really like calling these smaller creatures, because it's really easy to listen to bullshit <laughs> when you're not John Favreau. Uh, but I do want to talk positives, because yes. there's a lot of good stuff under the Disney era, and I, I think it's. I, I love Mando. I mean, it has its ups and downs, like anything. Um, I, I like the ideas of Book of Book of Fed. I, I, I talk about Boba Fett like it's an unfinished stew. I like all the ingredients, minus killing the Tuscans, because that's a, can we just drop killing the indigenous people on the show? <laughs> so gross. Um, other than killing the Tuscans, I like all the ideas of the book of Boba Fett. They just didn't have time to simmer together. Like, you know, it was just like, hi, we're the mods. Hi, Phoenix Sham. We're on the same team now, I guess. So, like, they, they had another episode to, like, really gel. I think the book of Boba Fett was really great. Um, I will say, for my positive about the book of Boba Fett, I do love that the leads are over the age of 58. Yes. And they are both people of color. I loved that because my God, it's hard for me not to get that. Ming Na Wen is that old. Ming Na Wen is over 58. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. 60. I just had this conversation with you. 
I guess she would. Well, I guess she would. She's like 50-something. She's starting at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, she's going to be successful. No, she doesn't. She was the mom, so. Oh, yeah. I just had that conversation with her because she was like, it was Megan, actually. She was just like, I was just, I really like this, but I'm really uncomfortable with the power, with the age difference between Tamara and Big Nala. And I was like, what, they're like two years apart? Yeah, why are you this. He's like, that man is like 35 years older than her. I'm like, that man and that woman are the same age difference as you and mom. My parents are two two years apart. Uh, and they're almost exactly the same age as, as Tom mm-hmm. and Anna. Like, that is your age difference. He's like, my gosh, she's amazing. Like, yeah, I have to remind my dad that Migna is older than him. Whatever we're talking about. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. And I'm like, yes, father. Yes, mm-hmm. she is of your age group. And he usually makes a comment. He's like, oh, I can date her. And I was like, She's married, but yeah. You go with it. <laughs> sure, Dad. We all appreciate that feeling. I like to think so. But I fear this fight didn't also mention Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Resistance. Oh, and, or Bad Match. Like, I, I'm an animation fan. Like, I love animated Star Wars. And Star Wars Rebels is hands down some of the best Star Wars ever. Yeah. Like, without I, argument. Like, I it's. Yeah. The what? That's a bad character. Oh, Omega! Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't watched any of the animated. I have, I don't. That's fine. It's not everyone's game. There's no Mara Jane. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the things Disney did, which I think was really great, is when they, when they put the Rebels content up for people who didn't watch like sit and watch every every episode. Why to me, Rebel, it's one of those things where there's episodes which are like core to have to watch for the Star Wars canon, like core important arc episodes. And then there's episodes Yeah. And then there's episodes which are really fun, but it's like pew pew, space adventure, which are great. But like that's why exactly one of my top favorite episodes, but it's about them stealing fruit. Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not, you know, down from those episodes. But I really like when they went and had the um, the essential rebels when they went and you know the the essential um, uh, sorry the essential you know you know episode list that they had for people yeah. to watch to catch up for the final series. Like I kind of like that they did that too. What so that's a good place to start if you don't want to watch eighty episodes or however many there are. Is watch that core go to Disney Plus and look for those core episodes. And that's why I actually really like about Rebels is because it's a new cast. Yeah. You don't have to like uh, like my friend calls it fire the Firefly of Star Wars because mm-hmm. it actually it is yeah. it like um and it's a completely new cast and you can see the old favorites like you see Lando you see Leia you see Obi Wan and Maul but I have Lando colors but because it's a new cast, it's really accessible for the next generation. If, if people are wanting to, and, and I, I think Clone Wars is daunting. Clone Wars is great. Yeah, yeah. But it's also a shit ton of filler. Seven seasons over 100 yep. episodes. It's a very daunting show for people to watch. Um, my my best friend has still not seen the entire series. She just watched the most important. Episode. But that, that Essentials list is something you know the Clone Wars that they did that I really like. That they, yeah. they made it a little more. And maybe then you'll watch that and you're like, you know, I want to go back and dig into those PP episodes, the filler episodes. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. You keep talking about the time that Andy broke up with Anakin. God, she watched it. Oh, so, yeah. I love that. But I think um, it's given us, other than the Arrow, we have so much interesting content because I, I don't think that that's just the best show, but I think it's an interesting It's super show. fun. 
It is a world-going show to show the transition from Republic to Empire, and I think that's really interesting, especially from a point of view we haven't seen very often, being the clones. Um, that first episode is miraculous. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Showing the Bad Batch's confusions of not, not only watching the Jedi die, watching their own brothers become brainwashed, and having no idea what the fuck to do about it. I think like with the Bad Batch, like as we go into season two, I think the, the first thing that is kind of odd is that they start on a really interesting character like path, and then it's also they don't fully commit to it because they don't think that's what their audience is here for. So it kind of always gets pulled back a little, and I think with season two, hopefully we'll see them sort of lean into that more. Like, like I was saying, it's a big question of changing galaxy, and it's like, you know the questions the clones have to ask, and they just never quite verbalize that conversation. So I'm hoping season two, I'm optimistic in season two, that that will start happening. I think what's different about Bad Batch for me, um, is we started seeing the others a little bit resistant, but resistance still had a lot of development for joining. Um, that Batch is really the first big show with not their day-to-day. -day. Like, he wasn't their day-to-day -day resistance, but he was still very much in the development phase. He's in Mando and Boba Town. So it's interesting with Bad Batch seeing the seeing them, the other animators, like your Brad Rock Brown, Jennifer Corbett, all those, trying to get on the ground and seeing what they're coming up with. And some it works, some it doesn't. But I love experimental Star Wars. <laughs> I wish it would be. I love, I, that's what I love about Resistance, actually. Resistance is not for everyone, but it swings for the fences every episode. And it either hits a home run or strikes out, but it's not afraid to swing for fences. And that's what I love about Resistance. It, it's very flawed, but I love that it is. So, um, what are some of your favorite Disney shows? What are some of you guys' favorite yeah. Disney shows? Let's talk! <laughs> you know who's about Mando, Boba, Animation? Rogue One? Rogue One! It is my favorite story of your movie. Rogue, okay, I'm not gonna take, I'm sorry. No, no, please no, talk. No, no, I'm gonna stop. Shut up. Rogue One? is to me what Trash should have been, which is this combination of all the canon. Rogue One has animation characters, it has comic book characters, it has book characters, it represents the prequels, it has a original trilogy, yep. and it has hints for the sequel trilogy. Yep. It has everything in one movie while having my beautiful gay husbands, Cherry and Bay is doing their thing, having this gorgeous cast, because my god, I can't wait for the Andor show, I want the Andor show. I, I know you guys are all like Kenobi, but I'm like Andor. <laughs> I, I really love it too. And we have people of color. We have you know people. We have you know people with different abilities. We have so much you know more diversity than I expected. And what at that time when that show came out, I was just like all over. And a really feasible. Um, you know this isn't going to end well. You know you've seen Star Wars and. And they didn't pull a lot of punches, and it was no. also just a really kind of gritty war story that you don't always get in the pew pew space fantasy. And I love that about the plot. The oh, God. Jim has an entire mental health journey in two hours. Yeah. All five stages of grief. It's so good. <laughs> she has her denial, she has her, <laughs> the, the whole like, how can you do stuff in the uh, Empire flies their flags? I just don't look up. To, I'm gonna fucking kill Critic. Critic's my favorite kind of Imperial. I love bitchy Imperials that are just like, Cricket, get the fuck off my Death Star! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? 
it's just like, oh my god, it's gonna be my death star soon. You're such a bitch. Bitchy and girls are my favorite. Don't choke on your own adventures. See, that's what I love too. We can get all three phases of Vader in this too. Like when we first see Vader, he's in his back to tank. So that's all Anakin. They're exposed. You guys got down Rogue One now. Now we got Exposed. That's Anakin. What do we know about Anakin from Clone Wars? He's a sassy ass bitch. He was in a sass master. So when when we see Vader next, he's still in that Anavader form. He's wearing the Vader armor, a sassy clinic with Anakin's logic. And then we see Face Gray at the end, and he's all Vader. There's no Anakin. He's just a monster. And I love that because it's all three phases of Anna. Oh, I call it animator. It's all three phases of animator. I love that one, guys. Um, I will say, if you want to do a really fun podcast, my bud Alice has a podcast called Rogue Funds, and they break down Rogue One into five minutes and and they talk about it five minutes. Oh. So, um, and it's actually really personal because her father passed away right before Rogue One came out, and it's about Jin losing both her fathers. Um. And so it's also a very beautiful podcast, like a her process in season two, so. <sighs> and I also am very apologetic for Solo because I ship Maul and Kira, and Kira is like one of the best Star Wars characters, guys. It's a flawed movie, but I love Kira. I see Solo as just kind of like a fun, like, let's have a good time with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't expect a lot out of it, and it was fine. My favorite take on Solo was Solo is to the is a biopic of Han Solo produced in universe. We obviously put them all in here suddenly because of Cold Empire, but the Han parts like that. Yes, because like it's a little bit goofier and it kind of accounts for why he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. I'm like, yes. Okay. Oh, I will say, I thought he looked like a a young uh, <laughs> 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 for me, I think Alden Ehrenreich is a fantastic Han Solo. Yeah, we I love Alden. I love him so. Or anybody here casting? Yeah. Dean yeah. Hale Caesar. Okay, mm-hmm. really good movie. No, I We're, thought, but I don't really remember. That's, that's fine. fine. Okay, Hale Caesar is a Con Brothers movie, mm-hmm. and it's set in the day of the life of a uh, like a Hollywood movie studio in the 1950s, and it's got all these big names. It's got George Clooney, it's got Scarlett Johansson, and Jim Taylor's Hop Dances. Oh, this movie I've heard. I haven't seen this movie yet. I've seen this movie. And Alden Embrin plays this, like, he's a sophomore turned actor on Westerns, so he's he's real, like, podunk, and then he's forced to go be in this like hoity toity Broadway adaptation uh directed by Ray Fines. And so it's him just kind of like he's so sweet and he's so earnest and he ends up being like the hero of the story and he's incredible in and meanwhile like George Clooney gets kidnapped by communists. Oh, no, yeah. It's like the reception room was like, well, this kid can't act. This kid's yeah. 
This is my tinfoil hat theory of like why we have now deep fakes Luke Skywalker and Boba Boba Fett. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Solo underperformed. Like I'm very yes. much a fan of recast Luke. You know, mm, yeah. like if you can have, if you can recast a whole Hulk and no one gives a shit, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be okay if you recast Luke Skywalker for a younger actor. The thing is too, the way they do Luke Skywalker is it's like a body double, superimposed with Mark Hamill's face. With audio that no actual human is speaking, it's, it's all AI. it's all yeah. fed through a machine, like based Which on old audio of Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill was credited as doing um, Luke's voice for the um, last episode of season two. Of for Man, yes, but in the book, it's all AI. It's only full Mark Hamill performances. It's awful. But you'll wonder if he doesn't. He can never speak for a very neutral lies. service, but I'm a fan and I like to be serviced. So. <laughs> um, but, you know, have him come back and do cameo for somebody else. You know, yeah. he's, he's the bartender at the cantina somewhere. Well, I'm down with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the voice of the droid um, in the in the first pinup show uh, on Tatooine and Amanda was just like, really? I'm going to be a Toro Calcan and then they go to hunt Finnick. He's the voice of Mark Hamill was the voice of the Cantina Group. I had no idea. Oh, the voice cool. of uh, Darth Bane in Clone Wars. Yeah, that I knew, but yeah. They should have a voice of every character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do it. I mean, if you're the Joker, why not? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 would be fun. That would be fan service, and then, then we would get a non-computerized Mark Hamill. You know, we don't have to get. You know, Mark Hamill's great. We don't have to like dump him out of. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think. I think there's definitely, I see you, Kate. I think there's also, like, there, like, Archie was saying that there was a fear after the last Jedi. Yeah. It, it, it was such a vicious backlash by, like, it, you know, people can like their movies. But I think that the audience that was being catered to for, for 40 years, being like the stereotypical, probably like the nerd, like the, the white male, older nerds was, they, that's who Disney has always been paying attention to. 
that they didn't realize a how many like women, queer people, and white people of color children. Were children. Some children. Um, and I think they got scared because Last Jedi is such an experimental movie. It you know like your kid it it tried something. It's like what I was saying when we were just explaining for effects. Some people it hit a home run. Some people it didn't. But I think the very vocal section fought back so hard that it actually scared them. Mm-hmm. It yeah. scared mm-hmm. Disney. And it made them want to course correct because everything up to that point in, in that era, we're talking like Rebels, Force Awakens, Resistance, and Last Jedi, are all very expensive, experimental shows. And then everything after that, like I like the Bad Batch, I think it's a really safe show. Yeah. They are not trying new things. They are being very safe. They're not progressive. They're not pushing boundaries. They are very clearly scared to do the crazy shit they did in Resistance. Especially because now it's on Disney Plus, that's a very important thing to say. Rebels and Resistance were on cable, mm-hmm. so they could mm-hmm. do crazy shit because cable is such a niche market. And now everybody has Disney Plus, yep. and they can't do crazy shit because everybody will see it. So instead of fighting the people of color and the gays in Resistance, which is an all POC cast with the first on-screen queer couple of Star Wars, they can hide that on cable. They can't hide that. And I do think Disney Plus really is this tinfoil hat. Um, really is dictating the content coming out. They have to be a little bit more sanitized. And I do think there's a scared course correction. Um. So. Uh, I'm not sure that I feel like The Last Jedi is a swing for the fences movie. Um, it was just some very vocal new girls. <laughs> It was, oh, it was it was a great song because the girl had nothing. Oh no, yeah. no, sorry, no. I was I was getting confused. I meant uh, uh, I was thinking of the Force Awakens. Force Awakens to me is a very safe J.J. Abrams movie. It has exactly the same vibe as Star Trek. I will say the same dude bros when Finn took off his helmet. Those same dude bros were like, Oh my God, a black person next day. But I feel like last year I got a lot more. Um, palpable reactions. Disney wants a certain level of um, controversy. Ooh, they're, we they're cast the black Ariel. Ooh. But like, <laughs> but then love, it, yep. it's a certain level of controversy yeah. where they can go, no, we're on the right side of history. That's why they've had like their six first gay character in the last <laughs> five action movies. I think it's has got a cast. Okay, I do I do agree that like the Force Awakens is an extremely safe movie with like a safe level of controversy. Uh-huh. I am more willing to forgive that safeness because they were trying to reboot something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but too. like like you know, you want people to be like, no, don't worry, this is what you remember, but also, hey kids, welcome to the story. It's the starter yeah. movie. It's the yeah. starter movie. It's like like the thing that really got me interested in Star Trek was the 2010 movie. Mm-hmm. So like I get why they did that. But yeah. yeah. And uh I see that. I can yeah. that. Uh, I agree with that because they Force Awakens was very ambitious because not only are you know I, as I was saying like, family this was this movie and it's a crazy bonkers fucking movie. Uh, I think they wanted to have a little secret thing to pay nostalgia to the original story mm-hmm. while setting up the new characters for a new generation. So it is I'm actually okay that's a little bit more violent. It's mm-hmm. super duper ambitious. It was an utterly thankless job because of all that. Like you have to sort of establish where we are in the story and set it up going forward. So if any somebody is safe and safe mm-hmm. and predictable as JJ Abrams, yeah, that made absolute sense. And then that's when the last Jedi comes yeah. to the best. But then it was kind of the thing that then then the same fan people were like, 
oh, well, that is too safe. That was just like the first yeah, Star Wars movie. Like, and now we're not happy with like, that. We keep trying to please the people who are never going to be happy. Exactly. You know, yeah. those fans. And that's the mistake. They should be pleasing us. And that's yeah. <laughs> Make it for me. Make it for me. Yes. Well, so many people are talking. I didn't hear either of you. Uh, Lady, you have to know from you, sir. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm joking. You're making this up so that anyone here is actually going to be happy or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Unless I have exactly what I want, which is oh. like my ship's to say no. I actually would have been happy with every, with happy or content with every Star Wars piece of media if JJ Abrams had put the blue stick down for episode 9 and stopped trying to copy other people's homework. Mm. Actually, what about First thing. Well, did you just say that Star Wars is like Glee? Yes, because no you, one, you no one hates the musical numbers. No, it, <laughs> is, nobody hates Glee like a Glee fan. Yeah. yeah. No one hates Star Wars like a Star Wars fan. Anyway, my actual question, more of a statement, um, is something that I've been kind of concerned over with Disney Plus, and I go back to Disney Plus, is because I saw, and I guess some of that was they were debuting Disney Plus, but I saw Solo went up the form, so they scrapped all the Star Wars movies that were coming. They were like, and I know some of that was shifting over to Disney Plus. But it seemed to me it was like we had one movie that underperformed, and now we just gotta we gotta completely restructure all the plans. So something I'm worried about in general with Disney Plus is what happens when one of our Star Wars shows or our Marvel shows or anything underperforms. Are we just gonna scrap all the plans? Are what are what are they going to do? So what's interesting? And I'm wondering if that's promoting or pushing this we have to stay safe narrative because especially with like Marvel. Where they've got things planned out for 10 years, like, again, what happens when something under like, especially just because I saw their reactions to Solo, yeah. and it's something that I'm, I mean, it's oh. exactly why Marvel does play it so safe, yeah. and they haven't um, made it. With a couple of exceptions, they haven't made a really, um, non horrible Marvel movie since, well, it's like, I don't know, the Avengers. You feel like, Marvel plans out for 10 years, Star Wars plans out, they're gonna make a show called this. No, okay, they so don't this, is, this is where well. I want to step in because we found out post trust that they didn't actually have a plan for the sequel trilogy. Like, that was a big bombshell reveal that they didn't plan. I'm um, even George was like, this is episode four, five, and six. And then George was like, this is episode one, two, and three. What Disney did was give episode seven to somebody, give episode eight to somebody else. They didn't consult together. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fired their third movie guy and gave yeah. everything back and like, the way I describe it is JJ looked at Ryan Johnson's house of Jenga bricks, took a bat, knocked it over, and built his own house. Right. That's how I look at it. Um, so that was actually a thing that was a big mistake. They did not have a plan for the trilogy. Some of the movies that did get canceled, um, what was Patty Jenkins? She chose to walk away because she was had too many projects canceled. As of right now, it's still in the book. Okay. Um, last I heard, it was still in the book. So double check me on that. But Patty chose to walk. Because she just had too many photos. Um, and she couldn't focus on it. As far as no, I can still on 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 top. We haven't heard anything different from Tiger. Um, so I think because so underperformed and everything that happened, I do think they are working on making new plans. TV is, is a big thing. I think the pandemic we have we cannot understand pandemic mm-hmm. and all this too. Because this is also, these plans are all like pre pandemic too. And then we're all stuck at home and we can't make movies and we're all streaming stuff. And now we're considering what is even the future of movies and cinema. Yeah, because streaming has become so big. Even now with people going back to the theater, like streaming is a thing. 
There's a reason Luffy like turning red and Luca. Luca Street? Yeah. Yeah, they went straight to Sydney, and they're uh, Luca's an Oscar qualifying film. You know, it's just the nature of changing media. I will also say I said all that. Remember my hot take. The movies are my least favorite part. <laughs> I am. I think me personally. I know I'm the minority. I think Star Wars is a specimen television format. That's just me. You have more time with story. You have more time with characters. You have more time with world building. That's just a whole thing. Feel free to disagree. But you're a fan of the books too. So I mean, you like High Republic too. I do. Yeah, 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 I do. Look at my beautiful ship on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You were here yesterday, I slapped books together, made them a kiss. Um, but what, what do you two think about that? Because uh, we got about 10 ish minutes left. Um, kind of the future of Star Wars going forward now with Disney Plus and movies. What, what do you two think about that? I think what they need to do is kind of have this. Um, they need to sort of take a link. They can't make a project, see how it does adapt. Make a project, see how it does adapt. Like they need to broaden their team of leadership. Mm-hmm. They need to trust a, a more diverse range of voices with the stories they're telling. They need to stand behind the stories they tell and not, they, they need to stop relying so much on the nostalgia that they know will make them money from like middle-aged white men. Like they need to realize that this franchise should be for everyone. I'm not gonna so surprised to say that that's how it's designed. People kind of make it what it is for themselves. But they need to realize that like there is a wider range of people, children, people of color, people like all of them need to be seen by a franchise. I don't want to say served by the franchise, that sounds arrogant, but to find something in there for them. So I think just kind of having more confidence in what they're putting out there is probably the best way to go. And just general, that's why I think everything's so interesting with the Bill San Diego happening now, because Disney's got caught kind of setting for way too long. They've been, it's like you were saying, they, they know just the right amount of controversy, and they've been pissed setting for so long that they are going to have to pick a lane. And that also includes Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm. Everything under the Disney umbrella is probably going to have to pick a lane because it's going to start coming out. There's a reason why people got mad during Black Lives Matter when John Wayne was like, let me tell you about how Lucasfilm treated me. Yeah. You know, and he was very proud of them. And they know that they lost fans in that. And people call him out being shallow, like, yes, they support all of the people. They're like, why do you treat John not that way? So I think that's where it's going to be in Yeah, I'm so happy he was outspoken. Good for that, because I was really, I mean, it broke my heart because I was, I, well, I'm a John Finn fan, but I you know it broke my heart because that was a character I was really happy to see and find that out later because he actually was treated like crap yeah. my heart. But I'm happy you spoke out because a lot of people don't they, they're like, I oh I have got I'm in Star Wars, man. I got a maid. They didn't protect John or, or Kelly. Yeah. They did not protect John or Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's on them. Yep. Uh, what do you think about the future of Star Wars? I think it's Plus, oh, sure. Disney, what, what are your thoughts? Well, one of the things I think is really interesting is that um, even though I am like the old middle-aged fan, I do, I mean, I'm white and queer, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a woman and queer, but still, you know, I feel like I'm part of that group. So, I like I said, once again, I'm a fan. I like fan service. I like my old favorites, but I really love the new favorites. I'm, I'm willing to embrace the new stuff. So, um, the, my, my only fear is that they're going to spread themselves too thin. They're going to be like, like right now, I'm like, give me all the content. But are they going to come to a point where there's like so much? They're spreading their projects too thin. Like right now, I really love Mando because it seems kind of fresh and new and exciting. And I'm like, are they going to be able to keep up that energy for Ahsoka? Because I really want to see that. Are they going to be able to keep that up for Obi Wan? Where they have so many different projects in flight, where they're doing, if they're doing more animated stuff, if they're doing more comic books, I'm like, when 
are we gonna lose the is it gonna like I, I'm like Marvel casual, but sometimes I'm like, wait, what which one are we on? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when did that happen in what book and what story? And I don't wanna see I kinda don't wanna see that happen, just like it become watered down, I guess. Mm-hmm. I have that's very valid. I can't believe you have five minutes left and I have not yelled about a week. Yeah, you guys do. I'm just like, yay, grounding, 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 so there. Let's go. I, okay. That's great. Take a picture. I was eight years old. Ha! The first time my comes out. My classmates went to some of my classmates got before me. One of them would stop having a burger. And I'm like, I thought this movie was about Jedi, but okay. I never thought that he wasn't the main character. So, go into this movie. I'm like, I heard there's a princess. I'm here for it. And then onto the screen walks this 25-year-old Jedi. Eight-year-old me is like, I'm in love. So, Ever since then, movies <laughs> my favorite Star Wars character, and I am uh, all the critique aside, genuinely so unironically excited that my fave is getting like six episodes in which to process the grief that is his. Life. I'm so excited! I'm the return of Hayden, guys. And the best, and the, what I really love about it is this: we're talking about like the old fans versus new fans. Obi Wan is a perfect rich. He's a relatively, I wouldn't say a minor character, but in you know in the original trilogy, he's gone. You know, he's not there very long. But I, you know, I have fond memories of Obi Wan, and then I saw the the you know the prequels, and I'm like, yeah, Obi Wan. And now we have more Obi Wan. So it's something I feel like that's a character that we're able to like, bring through. I feel. Yeah. Okay. So I'm totally excited. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I will totally admit I'm ready for the man. I'm really interested for Kenobi. Uh, the reason was Kenobi's out on TV, so it's like Manisha. Yeah. Um, May, what is it? it May 27th? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's it kind of gives me all the feelings that I feel about uh, Rogue One. Um, yes. It's blending a lot of prequel stuff with original trilogy stuff, but if you like watch the trailer, it has the animation yeah. It's the greatest blister and the fifth brother all from animation. Good point. So we also see video games. The Inquisitors live in Castle Inquisitors? I read Inquisitors. In Castle Inquisitors, which is from Fallen Order, the video game. And I like watching when shows like Rogue One did, like, kind of blend all the demons mm-hmm. together. That to me is in Star Wars really sick. You can make everybody happy, it's hard, but I yeah. think you can. Like, yeah, I love watching, like, canon blended scenes. It, I mean, does it always match up nicely? No, but Star Wars is not a historical work. It doesn't have facts. It's a mythology, yeah. and depending on who's telling the myth that day, the myth is going to change. Um, so I, I that's that's what I'm most excited. I just want to see my grand inquisitor boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said at the top of the show, show. What's that at the top of the panel? I'm a slut for inquisitors. Get me all my inquisitors. I'll take all of them. They can all be like, we love you. I'll open up big things, and then they'll kill me. It's fine. <laughs> I want to see Thrawn, I totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm a very, uh, I, I'm thinking about that one. I, I feel like Thrawn's story should say an animation with the being around, but that's just me, and I'm not a fan of Rosaria Dawson because she's a transphobe, and I don't want that. No, no. Please don't be you, my Adriano. Um, But uh, I, I am excited to see Thrawn. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, see, see the chest. We'll, let's go. We'll see how it goes. I'm happy for the Thrawn people that are getting Thrawn. I'm just bitter. She said bitterly. It's a better expression. I know you want Mara J. Now, here's the thing. Would you want Mara J with or without Luke? Uh, because I, 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 I wish Mara it was, uh, like, because I like Mara too. I just don't like Mara with Luke. Because I feel like it took away a lot of what made Mara cool, <laughs> you know? Uh, it's, 
But I've also, also read bad right? I mean, the Star Wars expanded universe sure is. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> it sure is. Han Solo punches a giant space otter. Like things happen there. Yeah. For sure. Chewbacca is killed by a fucking moon. A whole moon. A whole moon. A whole moon and a mountain crest. Yeah. A tiny mountain. Things sure do happen. It sure does. Uh, it sure is. <laughs> it's the best pitch for the you know, I think this is a great way to finish up. You know, what is Disney Star Wars? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so thank you all so much for coming. Uh, be careful going home, guys. Hydrate or dehydrate. Take your meds. Yeah. Put your jaw. Oh my god, I love those stickers. Have editing this, Chris? No, it doesn't seem complicated. I am the Inquisitor. <sighs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. What did you hope to gain by coming here?